Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 105 of the Mom Hour. I'm Sarah Powers here, as always, with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Sarah, hey, how did you um, how'd you get that 105 out so easily? <laughs> Those of you who listened to our <laughs> bloopers for episode 103 know that for some reason, it's difficult to say numbers that have three digits, at least for Megan. Well, it, it was very hard. I think it was like, I didn't know if I wanted to say zero or O. Like zero sounded, or like, sorry, 103 or 103. Yeah. And it was like 100 sounded much more impressive, but O is just kind of more normal. So I really struggled with that. So you that did was, it beautifully. That was the first time we included bloopers. If you don't know what we're talking about, they're at the very episode, at very end of episode 103 or 103, which 103, is, whichever is your preference. So we are in episode 105. And today we're talking about, oh gosh, I've struggled with what to call this work working and motherhood and what is the right balance for you um we're talking about stay at home momming work outside the home momming and everything in between and the reason that most of it is going to be everything in between because you and i both really have had experience with a whole bunch of stuff in the middle yes Um, but this is a topic that excuse me we get asked by listeners a lot to address and i think the reason it's taken us 105 episodes <laughs> to get there is that when we get listener questions it's often very specific it's like yes. i work full time and i love my job but it's killing me the daycare costs and being away from my kid or yes. i stay home full time and i'm so grateful but I feel like I need something else. And and then those are just two, two extremes. A lot of times it's really specific. And so obviously you and I are not the types to like take a position because this is so right. personal. Um, <clears throat> so today we'll just try to sort of unpack this a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and also like you mentioned for us, the both of us, how we for us, our working lives as working moms has been such a moving target that. Yeah. 
I don't I can't I don't really I can't really speak to what it's like to be X fill in the blank kind of working or you know staying right. at home on because I've done all of it and, yeah. and usually it's some hybrid at yeah. any given time so anyway just yeah. to back up what you said yeah no so I think I think this will be good I thought Megan we could start because we do have a lot of new listeners um, can you just give like a brief history of your everything from like when you first had babies and worked I think you worked full time in office jobs and stuff to yeah. where you are now but like the reader's digest version just so people who don't know you can kind of know you what you have done how your work and mothering lives have played out over the years okay um so when i when i was a really young mom um and before like maybe isaac came along um or actually before isaac was like two i just worked a you know variety of like like waitress or whatever and then mostly was at home and i was actually fully a stay-at-home parent for about a year and then um became a single mom and started working full-time and that was when you know I had a toddler and a well kind of like a toddler and a preschooler I guess I kind of thought of them both as toddlers at the time and then um later you know that kind of kept that going and later ended up working in an office at a a company I loved but a job I didn't love so much and was pregnant with William and I really didn't want to go back after he was born so um I basically launched my writing career like the summer I was pregnant. (laughs) I would just go home and work really hard and kind of get it going. And my goal was to not go back to work full time after he was born. And I didn't ever have to go back to work full time. Um, John and I had gotten back together. So there was like, I don't know, this, this is like all very, this is like the drama of my life. Right. But so there was times that he was on the road and I was working from home and there was blah, blah, blah. It was all over the place. But for the last 15 years, I have been, Freelance. I have written for magazines. I have written books. I've blogged. Um, I now podcast. Um, I work at the radio station. Like my my work life has been extremely all over the place. Yeah. And I, part of me loves that. It really keeps me going. Um, it keeps me interested, which is important for me. This is the first time for the last nine months that I've been working at the radio station that I've had the kind of job where I've been expected to be at a specific place at a specific time every day. Yeah. Um, it's part time, but I'm actually there about, you know, probably close to 20 hours a week when all said and done, like three hours a day to do the show. And then I have other things that I have to do um, in relation to the show and stuff. So it takes up a good amount of my time. Um, I actually am finding that now I like, like when my babies were really little, I hated being in an office. I hated being away. Yeah. Now that I don't need to worry kind of about that as much, I really like being around other people. So that part has been great. Like I don't love the fact that I have to be there at the same time every day. That kind of my inner rebel really hates that. (laughs) Um, but I like that there's people to interact with and that's been really fulfilling. And I've actually considered maybe looking for more off, like not office job, but like, you know, more of like a traditional, um, job to fill some more of my time with. So I'm I'm all over the place. So that's where I am. That's where I am. I'm everywhere. No, I think that's, I think that's great to, for people to know who don't know you. Um, I will add too, for those who are just getting to know you, that you had your, you started, you're having babies pretty young. So your jobs in those, yeah. In those first days were the jobs to, you know, put food on your table and exactly a little different than 
Yeah. Than, yeah. yeah. It's a little different than the typical, you know, I just had a baby um, and I'm 35 and I have to decide whether I'm going right. to leave my career or not. Right. I didn't have a career. Right. So there was no decision to be made. And, and frankly, that was pretty, I mean, looking back, I'm kind of glad. I think yeah. I was lucky. It wasn't, yeah. a, it wasn't really a big decision that had to be made. So. And actually we do have listeners like that as well. So we've got, you know, we've got the whole range. We've got the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. So, so I had my first baby at 28. So I had been in the workforce for whatever, six years post-college. I was working full-time in an office doing corporate communication. So I was writing, but not creatively, not for myself. Um, very traditional corporate environment. It was loosely related to a family business. So I got to see family and family friends, but it was a mid-sized company. So I wasn't like, I wasn't going into, you know, my parents' garage every day or something. It was, it was a, yeah. you know, mid-sized company. Um, and after Allegra was born, I planned on going back full time. And then I think I've probably talked about it on the show, like totally had a maternity leave crisis of conscience and just I just didn't want to and I didn't know how to solve that and ended up figuring out a way to go back part time but it wasn't some conscious like planned out decision it was totally like a middle of the night sobbing yeah like not knowing how I was and then once I decided to go back part time I I didn't want to be home full time either so it wasn't like it was actually perfect so I I worked part time for about two years and that part-time was two days in the office and a little bit more from home I think these days it would totally have been just remotely but I still would have needed childcare because I was I was working working you know I wasn't yeah. multitasking um, and then I even went to three full days in the office toward the end of that and then I decided to stay home full-time and our finances were a little bit more able to support that um when reed was born um and so i was just a stay just not just oh strike that from the record that's not what i meant i was a stay-at-home mom where that was my primary you, you were solely a stay-at-home yeah. mom <laughs> the definition of just in this circumstance is that yeah, was what you, you guys were know what i mean you know me <laughs> yeah um and actually i was it was um I was very happy to be. It was probably when people ask what was the easiest baby to adjust to one, two or three. There's a lot of different reasons for everybody's answer to that question. But for me, number two was and I think in part it was because I wasn't trying to juggle. Yeah. Um, and and then about a year, less than a year after having read, I started to sort of get drawn into this world of freelancing. I started you know, first contributing for free to a blog. And then shortly after that was paid to be an editor, they came on as your editor. And so, you know, within about a year and a half after having my second baby, I was working probably 10 hours a week, um, freelance or contract style. And then since then, for the last like six years, that has gone up and down everything from, you know, five hours a week of pretty minimal commitment to like 20. Um, and what I'm finding now, I, I don't have an office to show up to and people expecting me like you do, but I, as you and I are growing the podcast network and as this show has grown, I'm finding much more um, structure needed with yes. other people expecting me not to physically show up somewhere. But like, for example, when I worked for you on the blog, you were a mom, I was a mom, we became friends. If I had a busy week, I could be like, yeah, I, I'm not going to work for like four days. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll catch yeah. up later. And all of the projects we were doing could totally support that. And of course, you were supportive of that. Now, you and I, we have I have conference calls. Like, I've, I haven't had conference calls for years since yeah. since I worked in an office. I have conference calls. I have appointments. I, I went to a bank, you know, so I do feel yep. much more, much more like legit businessy. And you and I have, we have fun kind of 
enjoying this. This is really fun. Yeah. We're growing our business, but it has definitely been a shift for me in terms of childcare that I need and deadline and time management because before I could get real behind and then catch up. And I still do that a little bit, but um, there's a lot more people, the sponsors of our show, like expecting me to email them back. It's not just you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, totally. And I think that so it, there's a point at which you get so behind. Yes. Um, it's not even worth the break you took. Right. So we've talked about that in relation to motherhood as well. You know, so it's the same difference. Like sometimes giving yourself a night off from doing the dishes feels great, but giving yourself three night off, three nights off in a row doesn't feel so good because right. then you still got to catch up. So Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor Meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product, Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Um, yeah, it is. We've really ramped things up, and I've noticed how, uh, like, just how much of the... Um, the weight of everything that you've been bearing. So it's like, you really went from, you really ramped up. I did really. I've been up. pretty ramped for a long time, but yeah. you really, like, the really last ramped. time I was really this ramped up was when you hired me about five, six years ago for the happiest yeah. home blog. I was also managing editor for another group blog. So I was managing a lot of contributors and then I came on for you and I was also managing sometimes, you know, guest authors and sponsors. And so, yeah. um, and I was pregnant with my third and I remember thinking, 
how am I going to do this? And somehow right. that like third pregnancy and third baby, I had like six or nine months of grace period where I just got stuff done. You did. Yep. Yeah, you did it. So I also just want to say that we know in our listener base that there are a lot of people who haven't had this sort of fluctuating ebb and flow. Um, there's a lot of you out there who are staying at home full time. Some of you happily and loving it. Others of you wishing for more. And there's a lot of you out there who are working full time outside the home requiring full time childcare without this flexibility. So I did want to give our stories but not to say that like you're alone if that's not your story because we or that, uh, yeah or that anything we do is anything to aspire to please <laughs> <laughs> i mean i am podcasting from my car right now so you are. that is the glamorous in my sweatpants if that's the glamorous work life that you think you're aspiring to, aspiring to you may want to yeah. rethink that you know and um, i want to mention here too and i'm sure we'll we'll get into more of this later as well but like i remember when i was working full time outside of the home and i had little kids um i really liked my job and one thing that always kind of annoyed me was that if I had if well let me pick that back I didn't love my job but I loved being out I loved having a place to go I loved the place I worked and the people I worked with and there was a lot that was very fulfilling for me and I was stressed at the same time right and I think sometimes it's it becomes like you're not allowed to complain because yes. if you complain that just means that you really know deep down that you should be you know as they put it raising your own children or spending more yeah. time with your kids and for me often it sometimes it was about missing my kids um but sometimes it was more just like I don't know that I can hold this all these I don't know if I can keep all these balls in the air yeah it's a different kind of stress it wasn't it wasn't always like that guilty feeling like I felt like people thought I should have it was more like literally I don't know how I'm going to get all these things done today I don't know when I'm going to call and make that doctor appointment I don't know how I'm going to deal if my kid is sick it was stress but it wasn't like I was walking around feeling guilty all the time and I feel like that's such a that's such a weird assumption that sometimes made that that working moms always feel bad about it it's so true. I'm so glad you brought that up. And I'm going to say that the flip side of that is when you're at home full time with your kids, you feel like you can't complain because you have it so good. Right. right. Like yes. My family is able to make this arrangement where I don't have to work. Um, and so there is no way I'm allowed to complain about sticky fingers, messy floors, never getting right. to pee alone. So, yeah. Can we all agree that it's OK to you know, complain and, about your work life situation yeah. sometimes. And the like, danger, yes. the danger in that and no one feeling like they are allowed to um, point out when things are stressful or hard is that it becomes this weird, like one upmanship where people are it like, it's like the who's got it worse game because yeah. people feel defensive and then people feel like they have to prove their point or their, yes. their, you know, stance that actually it's harder to work or actually yes. it's harder to stay home. And I mean, we don't need to do that. It's all no. hard. So it's like, awesome. let's just even the playing field right now. Like there's no need for us to wrestle to the mat about who's got it worse or who's got it harder. Like no. sometimes there's, bl there's blessings in both and yeah. we could list a bunch of like, Hey, I work outside of the home. I can go to the bathroom whenever I want, even though I have a baby, like, yep. you know, it's, there's just, there's upsides and downsides to every, every, literally every choice you're going to make about anything ever. And this and one just happens to be also, more fraught. I think it's also okay to be fundamentally happy with your situation, fundamentally grateful, and to be having a really crappy day and want to complain yes. about it. That's, I think, where we get, like, we think if I, if we open our mouths or, you know, share with a friend that we're having a tough day, it's all of a sudden this bigger picture thing, like we're not happy. And right. I think all of us know that that's not how 
emotions and life works that you can be really secure and happy in the fact that you work outside the home and you can have a day where you miss your kid so bad you want to cry at your desk. Like both of those things can be true at the same time. Because people are nuanced. People are human. (laughs) Life Um, is complicated. So I think what we've said so far is like... The, the archetypes that the media or whatever the world wants us to buy into, they just don't work. It's not stay at home mom, work outside the home mom. And I added a third one because I think now there is also this like archetype of like the mom boss, like the mom who's like home with her kids, but also has a side hustle, like an Etsy shop and like a budding photography yeah. business. Yes. And like, I want to say that if that is you and you love it, then I think that's awesome. But I do think there's a slight danger in making stay at home moms feel like they need to have a side hustle. Um, yes, and I, 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 maybe I feel a little protective of the stay at home moms. I've, I've been there. I was raised by a stay at home mom. Um, and I know a lot of our listeners happily stay home and I, I do feel like this sort of social media inspired image of like the stay at home mom who is also fill in the blank, like a yes. blogger, like a marathon runner, uh, you know, a volunteer, like whatever, like it's okay if that's not you and it is okay if that's you also, it's, it's all okay. But I, I well, kind of want to bring up this archetype of like the mom boss because, I think it's kind of a thing. Maybe it's just because we're no. I think it it is a thing, and and I think that there's a lot going on there. Um, First of all, I just want to point out that I've been, you know, every type of working archetype like there is and working and, and working at the home and working from home and my work is my home. I mean, I've I've had all of those, right? (laughs) Um, What always amazes me when I fluctuate is that it reminds me that like, because there was definitely times like when Clara first went back to school or when, sorry, when she first started school, I basically took her two or three months. I was still blogging, but I took like three or two or three months where I really didn't do much else because I was trying to figure out what my next thing was going to be. So I was my workload. No, at the same time she was going to school, my workload went way, way, way down. And I remember being so surprised, like, wow, there's still so much to do. Like no matter what, whether you're working all day in an office or trying to work at home around your kids or are at home and your main focus is taking care of your kids in your home, there's plenty to do. Like yeah. you don't yeah. need to add in more unless you want to, because there's something to keep you busy. Like there's some essential or important task that you can be doing at any given time. And we just make choices about which ones we're going to do depending on what our situation is. It's not like one is better than the other or one's more vital than the other. It's just different. Like it looks different. So that's just my setting, you know, just kind of um, setting that up. But, and I totally forgot what, like my, I had a train of thought and I, it derailed. It's okay. No, what was I, the question you asked? I don't <laughs> even like know. If I, I don't even know. Did if you I asked ask the question? question. I just I, interrupt I you. I brought up this. I brought up this third archetype of like oh the, the mom boss mom who's yes. also running an okay. Empire. So that's where I was going. <laughs> Gosh, sorry. So that where I was going with that was, um, I've I've seen this so much when I've taught writing classes. Sarah at the retreat, the Beyond Retreat that uh-huh. um, I hosted a few years ago, two years ago. Yeah, this idea that. Like, it's not okay to write just because you want to write, especially if it takes time away from your family and not just writing, but like creative pursuits of any kind, um, painting or drawing or yoga or knitting or whatever. We had people of all that were doing all kinds of different things at the retreat, um, that it's not okay to take any time away from your other duties unless it's producing income. And I, that was something that a lot of women really struggle with because they're like, I don't want this thing to produce income. I don't want the pressure. Right. That's not what I'm in it for. Um, um, 
but there was this feeling like that's if they couldn't in, if they couldn't show that it was a business, right. they had no right to ask their spouses yes. to help or to give anything up or anything like that. So I just think that that, that pressure is very real. I think yes. you're totally right. And I think going back to social media a little bit, we won't spend the whole time sort of blaming the internet for why, a lot, of internet. This, <laughs> why a lot of this is hard because um, it's been hard forever. But um, one of the things I think we all do is we choose to s- interpret from social media those things which get at our deepest insecurity. So what I mean is the full-time working mom who's at the office in a boardroom in meetings or on a flight somewhere um, sees the pictures of the class party that the mom is volunteering at. And that's the dagger to the heart, right? Mm -hmm. That's the pain point. The stay at home mom who hasn't changed her clothes or showered in three days is seeing the same mom with Starbucks and cute shoes and a (laughs) cute handbag and feeling crappy. So, Mm -hmm. okay. Those are gross generalizations, but you see what I mean? We, we, our pain points are close to the surface, I think for all of us and maybe just being aware of that and being aware that what we're, what we're the stimuli that we're choosing to pick up from the outside world is maybe a little skewed based on where we're coming from. Um, and yeah, I don't know what I have to say about that, except that except that there's so much great stuff right in the middle where you are. And if you right. spend too much time kind of gazing over the fence at the other side, um, it can get confusing. Well, and and if we believe that those archetypes are really true um, overall, then it does. It, it has become it. That's where the us versus them comes right. from. Um, and the truth is, you know, I remember getting kind of sucked into that when I was a very new mom and everything seemed very black and white. And then I realized that no one, almost nobody I knew had a path where it was like, I had a baby. I took a six week, a six week maternity leave. I went right back. And then I had the same career for the rest of my child's right. <laughs> childhood. Right. That's not, I, I know so few people that it actually works that way. Everyone I know has been in and out to some degree, either whether it's time off, whether it's changing a schedule, whether it's changing a career, whether it's, you know, taking some time off and then going back to work later when their kids are bigger. I mean, life is not that black and white and hardly anyone is like signing on to be an at-home parent for life or a, you know, eight to five working parent for life. It just doesn't really play out that way most of the time. So it's like, all those fights and stuff I remember watching happen. What were people even fighting yes. about? Yes. It was false. The whole thing was false. Yes. So, and, and as far, and I would argue that that's even more true as we've moved into this like post digital age of you know flexible options and remote working and all of that. Yeah. So um, okay. So next, I want to get into this big question of how do you know if it's just a matter of sort of accepting and changing your mindset about loving the position you're in, or how do you know if it maybe is time to try to make a change? Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat so it's perfect for travel. 
the Chardonnay heeled sandal, which I know you love, Sarah, the Walk 23 classic sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time, and the Willa slip on flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa slip on flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. You know, when we were prepping for this, I threw out a question on social media, both Facebook and Instagram. And I do this every once in a while. See what our listeners think about something before we actually record, which can be a fun way to sort of guide our conversation. The response, we have over 100 comments on Facebook and on Instagram separately. And I'm I'm guessing most people are not commenting both places. We do have people who follow us both places, but I'm going to call those unique for the most part. So a couple hundred different comments. And I want to read you the question that I asked. So it's just a little poll. And which one best describes you? So A, I wish I could work less and stay home with my kids more. B, I want to work, but I wish my job was different or more flexible. C, I'm fully or mostly at home, and I wish I had something work-like outside the home for income or for, or fulfillment. Or D, I'm totally happy with my work-home situation. So it's just like a just a quick poll. And if you want to go and read people, because people left amazing comments and really cool thoughts and stuff. So just, you know, head over to those social profiles and you can read them all. But one thing that stuck out to me is I would say that about a third of the people who responded said that they were totally happy with their work home situation. And the other two thirds, it was really a mix of A, B or C. Again, A is I'm out outside the home and I want to be home more. B is, yeah, I want to work, but I just wish it could be like something different, less or more flexible. And then C is I'm at home, but I want, I want something outside the home. And there were as many C's as there were A and B's. So it's not all going one direction. Um, And it was a really interesting mix. So, so that's two thirds of people in this highly unscientific study that I did. Um, (laughs) But it's still worth, you know, these are our listeners and real moms in real work situations. So I guess it's the two thirds that I'm interested in kind of talking about and maybe seeing if we can help unpack this a little bit. Um, You have been at times in your life where you felt like something had to change. Like when you were pregnant with your third, you, you got, and we have talked about this when we've talked about our writing careers and stuff, you buckled down and you did what it took to start up a freelance writing career because 
you really felt like I, I cannot go back to that office after this yeah. baby is born. So there's yeah. that. There's that extreme. But then there's also this sort of like, ah, I'm just yeah, nagging. Like I wish yeah. something were slightly different. And that's that's tough. Um, I think before the sponsor break, we were kind of talking about how do you know how do you know that it's not just like I've been looking at too many Instagrams of people with glamorous jobs or right. this is something really in my family that needs to change? How do you know? That's hard. Well, I, that is hard. I, I mean, for me, it's kind of like anytime I need to make a change in my life, um, I can. it's because I can look back at a period of time and say, oh, this has been wrong for uh-huh. some time now. Um, if I'm... I'm can be very reactive and I like to like, you know, sometimes just blow things up and sometimes I'm like, screw it all. I'm throwing everything out the window. And usually by like, a, you know, 12 hours later, I'm like, okay, Megan, like rein yourself in. It's when I don't rein myself in uh-huh. and that thought comes back again and again and again that I know something needs to be addressed and that, you know, could apply to a lot of things. Um, I think it's really interesting that you said, I'm just going to interrupt. It's really interesting that you said when you know is when you look back and say something hasn't been right for a while, which is different than saying looking out and looking forward and sort of fantasizing about this other life. I think that's really actually like way more brilliant than maybe you set out to be. I said something brilliant? Yeah, (laughs) because what you're looking at is like your own your own life and your own happiness, yeah. which is very different than looking out and being like, well, I might like to have that job. Like I might right. like to carry that briefcase and wear or looking shoes. at someone else, you know, yeah, that exactly. helps when you look at your own stuff, you're looking, you're only thinking about like what your actual life looks like. You're not thinking about like, wouldn't it be great if I was on that other side of the fence? Right. Because you really don't know what it is like on the other side of the fence or what right. that, if that grass is greener or whatever. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, there's blips, like we all have dips in energy. We all have dips. We all have crazy times. Like if you make a decision about your work life during the same season, at like literally season of the year, as you've got two kids in sports and like, I don't know, your husband's job is crazy too. You might not make a decision that's really going to honor that big picture. Right. But if it's like, you're looking back over a six month period and you realize, man, I have not had time to sit down and eat a meal with my family, or I have not made it to this event that I really want to be at. Or if you're on the other side and you're, you know, an at home mom who is wondering if there's something else out there, you can consistently think, I was, I'm, I've been really bored or I find myself not using my time well because there's nothing to do. I remember that feeling a lot when I was at home, which was not a great thing for me. Um, being at home, I love, but being at home without something like a project to work on wasn't great for me. And so the, the way I could see that that wasn't great for me was like, I would lose interest in taking care of the things I needed to take care of. I would actually be less interested in the kids in the house than I was when I had a lot of other things going on. That's so Um, true. So I, I just think looking back makes so much more sense because your future is a blank slate. Yes. I mean, you could quit your job tomorrow and not ever find that magical job you're hoping for. Or you could try to start a business and it could end up being something completely different than you think. Right. There's really no way to, you can't really, I don't know, solve for all those factors. No, you can't. So. And I want to offer as as a first step, regardless of which of these changes you're, you think you might want to do is the tiniest baby step um, of trying something on for size. So I think sometimes it's kind of, it's sexy to imagine the great reinvention, right? Like the big, the big change, the blow it all up and start over. But when I, excuse me, when I was um, home full time, 
I don't remember like a gnawing sensation, like I want to go back to work. What I remember is this little light. I started reading blogs. I started reading funny mom bloggers, all humor writers, which is funny because that's not really what I turned out to be, but I still love great humor writing. I started following all of these bloggers on Twitter, including you, Megan, and I started reading your blog. And it was just like this little light of something where I thought, I could do that. Like, I, right. I know I could do that. I, but, I, but I didn't know what that looked like. And that little light was more, I would say, of like an interest and something that was really fun to think about than, you know, going out and changing what my actual life looked like. Um, and the, the baby step for me was doing something for no money that took maybe an hour a week. I mean, the babiest of baby steps. Um, so I think sometimes if you can break down and be like, well, what would the tiniest step be toward this step? If you're working full time and wish you could be home more, maybe it's updating your resume. Yeah. Maybe it's researching um, positions in your field that do offer more flexibility. Um, but but resisting the urge to jump right to the ideal or like, yes. you know, wishing yourself out of this situation and into something completely different. And instead identifying, you know, it's kind of like goal setting 101, identifying what's the next small thing I yeah. can do. And even if that turns into nothing, maybe doing that next small step, maybe for me contributing twice a month to a local mom's blog might've been all that I needed for a few years. It turns out yeah. it wasn't like I did kind of ramp up, but I still didn't ramp up for, let's see, I started writing for them in early 2011 and I took your class in late 2011 and I started working for you in late 2012. So I'm going to call it 18 months yeah. of going from stay at home mom to where I had two different sources of income coming from, and it was still very part-time, but two different jobs. Yeah. Um, but that's 18 months. That's, you know, that doesn't happen. That wasn't overnight. And so I think just, just finding that baby step and, and you might learn something from what that baby step turns out to be. Don't you think? That's so true. And I was just thinking like one of the pieces of advice I'd given over the years, many times to, um, especially to moms running businesses, because those are the people I find have a really hard time with time management because you're juggling so many things at once is to literally put a list of things you can do in five or 10 minutes by your computer. Yeah. yeah. So that if you have five or 10 minutes, you don't fritter it. You, and you use it, use, you know, productively. Um, so for, you know, if you're hoping to, let, let's say you have a job and you like the company, but you don't love the role you're in or you don't like your hours. Well, maybe the way you use that five minutes is you send an email to the person in HR and ask if you can talk, like ask yeah. if you can talk about it. Or maybe you use that to just kind of troll Indeed or LinkedIn and see what's yeah. out there, update your resume, whatever. I think if you have a, like an actual list of those things, um, you'll actually do them. Whereas if you don't actually take the time to think about what those easy baby steps could be, sometimes you'll just think like you just never get to it. Yeah. Like it never seems like the good time to do that, um, to actually take that little step. So and, yeah, and, yeah. And not, and giving yourself permission to take a little step without having to buy into a whole program. Like we're all so good at this. Like, well, what is the kind of like you said with why bother doing this? If it's not, you know, generating an income, you know, we're pretty good at telling ourselves why bother doing this if I'm not going to follow through or if this isn't going to turn right. into anything. Um, so I think giving yourself permission to take a few baby steps without needing to know what the final outcome is. Maybe you just I totally agree. have an updated resume and that's it. Yeah. Maybe and you just, it. you know, write a blog once a month and that's it. It doesn't have to go where you don't have to know where it's going, I guess. Yeah. Another another little piece of advice that kind of goes in with that, but I guess is kind of its own thing is, you know, sometimes and I'm really good at this because I'm impulsive. Um, (laughs) 
and other people are not I'm, because I'm they not. actually think about things. <laughs> but I think sometimes like the easiest way to use to make those little baby steps is to jump on opportunities that come your way yeah. without thinking about it too much. Like you can spend a lot of time thinking. Yes. And I've had situations where I wasn't even looking for a new contract or whatever. And like my, I just happened to look at my LinkedIn email that day and went, huh, that sounds interesting. And then I was like, huh, I'll apply for that. And, you know, whip something together. And 30 minutes later, um, I've now made an in, like I've made an, um, an inroad to something that I didn't even know about two hours ago, but I just jumped on it when I had the time and, it seemed like a cool opportunity and why not? And I think if you, if you leave some space in your life for like, it seems like a cool opportunity, why not? Check it out at least. Yeah. You'll get opened up to things you didn't even know existed. Yeah. And don't you think we learn as much from the things that don't end up being what we want to do yeah. as we do? So there's really no, there's, there's no downside. There's no think. downside. And sometimes the thing that you want to do for a little while isn't the thing you're going to do for a long time. And that's okay too. Right. Like there's, there's. Life is long and no, and so few people now just stay with one thing their whole lives anyway. It's, right. Everyone's jumping around all the time. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me to do it that way. Um, I want to bring up income and money a little bit because yeah. I do, um, I don't like when discussions about um, stay at home moms or like part-time working moms leave out the fact that it takes a big income sacrifice for a lot of families to have that as an option. So I don't want anybody to think we're, right. we're presenting this as if everyone has every option. Not everyone right. has every option. I certainly want to be totally forthcoming about the fact that I was very fortunate to ramp up in a way that was suited my choices in my lifestyle without worrying about putting food on the table. You've been in right. slightly different positions. So we've been in different income yeah. level positions. And I just, I just don't like to leave that unsaid because I know we have listeners who desperately wish their work situation was different and just right now don't have, don't have that, don't have that flexibility. Yeah. I still think it's worth examining. What's your ideal? What, what would you love to be doing in five years and what little steps can you take to do there? And I think Megan, you're like a huge success story in that regard, but I don't want to make it sound easy or that. No, it's not. Everybody it's not. has and, the option to choose. And it so fluctuates. So like for me, when I was a stay at home mom was when at my very poorest, very, very poorest. Um, however, we were young. We yeah. had one baby. Um, and then a little while with two, we lived in a tiny apartment and we were traveling for my husband's work. So it really didn't make sense for me to work for a while. Um, sometimes you can pull something off for a little while, but it's not an okay long-term solution. Yeah. So for me, since I've been work, like had a quote career unquote, it's been because my income was very much needed. Yeah. Um, as I shared last week, and that does make you make different choices. Yeah. Um, as I shared in our last episode, one, one, oh, what was it? One Oh five, four, one Oh four, one Oh four. I'm going through a divorce right now. So suddenly, you know, my income was always necessary to our family life for a very long time, but now my income is necessary to my family life. Yeah. It, there isn't a we anymore. There's, it's all on me. And that's yeah. definitely making me make different choices. Sometimes the unfortunate thing is, money and lack thereof can make you want to make really panicky choices. Uh -huh. Like I need, I need to make money. So I'm going to do this and they're not always the best long-term choices, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. So there's always that give and take and money has, has been a great driving force for me because yeah. I like to earn, um, which has been fantastic. Like it's been really good for me and it's sometimes been bad. It's sometimes it's led me to staying doing things I didn't want to do longer than I should have, or it's led me to jumping ship on things. I really should have spent more time. Like if I just given it a little more time, it could have taken off. Like, yeah, so it's very loaded mm -hmm. and you're right. It's not everyone. Some, and, and I just wanted to 
reiterate that for me being a stay at home mom was financially feasible for a short period of time. Yeah. But it wouldn't have been a good choice for me long term yeah. for a variety of reasons. So, well, yeah, it's all over the place. And the other thing that I think happens, or at least for me, the way my mind works, which can sort of be black and white and forget about the gray. Um, a couple of different times I had decided or, or determined that something was or wasn't possible. And then I, it took other people on the outside to be like, well what if we did this? You do this with me creatively all the time, right. Megan, like in our business, you're like, or option E. Um, so when I, I mentioned, I mentioned that I thought I would have yeah, to go it's not back. always A, B and C, right? Right. Yeah. Megan's like, I don't like yeah. these letters. Let's blow this up and have another option. Um, but I mentioned, you know, at the beginning that I thought I had to go back full time. I thought that was our only financial option with Allegra. It took like a crisis of crying in the middle of the night to sort of do the math and figure out like what sacrifices we could make to make part-time work. And then I also mentioned that after Reed was born, I decided to stay home. And what I forgot to mention, cause I literally forgot, I wasn't hiding this, but Brian's career was about to ramp up. He had gotten his, he was getting gotten his certified financial planner designation and his track was really growing at work, but he was not yet making enough to support our family full-time. And we took a short-term loan from my parents. We worked it out because we knew what track he was on and we knew it was a matter of months, probably a year to where he really could support both of us on one income. But, yeah. and not everybody has that. I, I fully acknowledge not everybody has family who can help out. But my point is more that we, we had to get creative and I'm not always very good at that. And so to me, taking a family loan at first was horrible. I cried more about that. I think than I did about the thought of taking my six week old to daycare full time. It was really um, something I had to work through because I'm very self-motivated and I like to do things on my own. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it was something we were able to work out that worked for everyone in our family and that allowed me to stay home. And then we were financially back up to where we needed to be within a period of time. It's a long way of saying get get dirty and messy in the possibilities as opposed to getting locked into an assumption about what needs to happen financially. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And and you'll know, like, you know, we've talked a little bit about how you know it's time. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's more subtle. People sometimes go get heads down, dug in on a not so great situation for a very long time. Yeah. But sometimes when you know, you just know, like that urgency will, that urgency and that need to make a change will prompt you to do things you didn't think you could do or yes. you didn't think you would be interested in doing. And, and when that happens, when like that iron is hot, like, or what is it? Strike with the iron. I, don't, <laughs> I have like terrible metaphors I try to use and like they never come out right. So just do the thing. Yeah. Do that thing <laughs> when yeah. it's time jump on it and figure a way. I've, I've seen, I've known people who have temporarily um, taken a big lifestyle chain, like cut to make yeah. a business take off borrowing. Um, I probably would never have thought to do that either, but yeah. there are people who might be will in your life that maybe you don't even, you know, maybe it's not your parents. Maybe it's your yeah. aunt. I mean, maybe you have other resources that you don't even know exist or haven't thought about yeah. that could help you. And maybe all you really need is like a six month period where you don't have to worry about it and you can get something going. Like right. it's, there's always options. You can always reach out and ask. And sometimes the option Sometimes you examine your options and it turns out the best option is still to stay put. And that's totally yeah, fine too, but okay it too. doesn't mean it's not worth checking it out. Yep. 
Yep. Oh my gosh, I totally agree. I'm fired up. Um, All right. What are you well, gonna do? Well, I want to talk. <laughs> are you gonna about start a business? I want to talk about our business. Is what okay, I want to do. I saved All some right. time for this. So let's assume people don't know what we're talking about because I think we we kind of announced the growth of the network, but we didn't really give much attention to it. Um, this was back when we were relaunching the Home Hour. So I'm yes. gonna start as if people know nothing. Um, you and I host the Mom Hour together. That has been our gig together for over two years. Um, you had a vision of starting a small network of podcasts where there are separate shows hosted by separate people. And I prefer the word boutique. Boutique Sarah. network. Yes. A boutique network. A boutique okay, network. So that was your vision even before yes. I was in the picture. Yep. Um, and it kind of, as the mom hour grew, the network sort of was still an idea and you dabbled in a couple of different shows. But you and I got serious about this idea and decided to do it together as partners in, I would say, late fall when we went to Denver yeah. on our mm -hmm. little powwow. Um, but even then, our network was still just the mom hour, right? So right. <laughs> in April, we relaunched the home hour uh, with new hosts, Kirsten and Graham. That's available. You guys can go find it and listen to it if you haven't already. Um, but still, don't you feel like we've been saying that we have a network and it's like, you know, we have a, a network, but it's kind of like, like, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I really, sometimes you just have to keep saying something until it becomes reality, though. Well, you and know? behind the scenes, there's been a ton of work. Yes. going on. Um, and I think in the next like three to six months, um, our listeners and people who follow us online are going to see this really become a network of multiple podcasts hosted by different people, all under this banner of wanting to inform, encourage, entertain. All of the shows will be you know, they'll be clean. They'll be fun to listen to. They'll be conversational. They won't yep. be judgmental. All the things that you, you know, love about our show, but they're also going to be different than our show. We're not trying yes. to copycat ourselves. And so, um, I guess all that to say, I mentioned at the beginning, I'm working a ton more than I have in a few years. Um, and I still have my youngest child is still only in part-time preschool. So that's been interesting. Um, but I feel like this is a legit business and it's been really fun to be official business partners. Yeah. We've worked together for six years. Um, so that's all. I kind of wanted to brag about us a little bit. Um, I did too. We just yeah. got our like bank account set up. Yeah. And our joke is that we're like totes of fish and totes yeah. profesh and <laughs> all that. But now we are totes profesh. Uh, we are. Fish. Like we, we really, are as we are technically like a partnership and have, have a bank account. Yeah, we have a, a bank account. A government issued uh, tax ID. Business so, cards. Um, all the stuff. What I would love from our listeners, actually, um, you know, listeners of the Mom Hour may not follow us over to every single show. I don't think that's the idea. Idea. But what I would love for you guys to do, this is a totally personal favor, is look for the social media accounts associated with Life Listened. That's the name of the podcast network. Um, because as the network grows and has multiple shows, um, that will be kind of the hub for finding out what's going on network-wide. You and yes. I will always talk about it on every episode of The Mom Hour. The show will continue as is. We're not changing anything about this show. Um, and those social accounts right now are kind of babies. They haven't been given a lot of love or attention. So Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, just Life Listened. Um, um, if I saw a bunch of new faces following there, it would make me really happy. That's an arm of the business that falls under my domain. Um, it's something that sponsors pay attention to and that just legitimizes us. So it's Absolutely. totally like a greedy ask, but I would love to see some of your faces who've been so supportive on this mom hour social media accounts come over to Life Listened. And yes. again, we haven't had as much to talk about because we've been sort of doing everything behind the scenes, but... But soon. Is there anything you but want to soon. tease about what's coming down the line? Oh, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm ready to tease. I will <laughs> say that. Here's what I will say. I, I will say that some of the shows we are developing right now um, 
will be very welcome throwbacks, I guess, yeah. to another time where you might have followed me. And some of them are, are from other people, other internet people that you might know well. And I think people are going to be really excited. So totally. I'm just really excited. And, and it's a it's a nice, diverse um set of topics we're going to be covering, but all kind of within this realm of home and family and life. You know, what has so. been really fun for me too. And you probably have had more of this cause you've been working, you know, as a freelancer for longer than I have, but there's something really gratifying about feeling ownership and authority of something. Um, and because I was always writing for other outlets and working for other people, which actually is also a good fit for me. I make a really good second in command most of the time, but as I'm occupying this more, you know, co-owner role more, it's really fun to feel like you have something to offer that, that will help people and that people want and need. And I mean that both for our potential hosts that we're bringing on, who are people who can't wait to get a podcast off the ground, but need our, need our mentorship and help. And then also, you know, sponsors who want to reach an audience. I feel like it's really, it's really gratifying to be in a position where we have something that to offer people. I don't know. Does that make sense? No, totally. I mean, you know, um, no, it's not dorky at all. I mean, that's why we're doing what we do. I mean, there are other ways to make a buck. Um, and frankly, many easier ways (laughs) than, you know, starting something from the ground up, but it's very gratifying. And this is, this is where, you know, we've talked all about different ways to, to work or to have your home and your children be your work um, and acknowledge that those are all paths are all valid and depending on who you are and where you are in life. But if you are someone who likes to build things and be like, I don't know, to have that little space, like that little space is just, that's just yours. And that can actually be valuable to other people. You know, that feeling if you've done it and it's, it's pretty cool. So it's cool. And it it is, we've said it just in this episode, but it's not overnight. That's another thing, you know, that like, this is 15 years in the making, you know, and, and I will say like, this is probably the, the most gratifying project I've worked on and every little step I've had along the way, like Sarah, if we had not met, um, which only happened because I had a blog, which only happened because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, which you know. only which I only found because I was a stay at home mom wanting right. something more. Exactly. You know? Um, and had that not happened, I don't think that I would have taken the podcast thing to this level because it was our partnership that helped that happen. So you never know what you never know what little step you're taking yes. now is going to push you down the road in yes. a different way. And Absolutely. so, you know, here I am 15 years later saying, Oh, that first, you know, it doesn't seem related to that first magazine article that I placed, but it absolutely, it all absolutely. goes together. Absolutely. Oh, what a good way to wrap up. I just love put it. a little bow on that, huh? Do it. Um, <laughs> okay. So before we really wrap, I just want to remind people to check out our sponsor story worth. Um, such a great concept to help your loved ones put down their family stories and have them bounded to a beautiful book. Our promotion with StoryWorth, um, you can find at storyworth.com slash mom hour, and it's $20 off a subscription for your loved one. Um, and then again, we are still running our promotion with Shoot Along, which is the photography lessons that come right to your email. Um, you can find that deal at shootalong.com slash the mom hour, and that's 10% off their summer course, which starts June 12th. Both of those deals will be at our website, themomhour.com, episode 105. So you don't have to remember all that. Just head to our website and grab those links and get those deals. Very nice. Awesome. Okay, everybody, we will be back next week. All right. See you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. 
Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. 